You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jsfromthecouch.com, and I'm going to keep this short and sweet. This is the second half of today's interview with Sportsnet 590 play-by-play man Mike Wilner making his return to the podcast. Now, just a note about this episode. There was a cut in the recording, which is why it's going to sound a little off when he comes back. I've, I've done my best to recreate what was said leading into it and you'll hear that after I'm done talking here in a second but um I'm gonna do that and then Mike's gonna come in with the rest of his answer and then we're just gonna go from there so I do apologize for that it's what I get for working with the tools that I got but I hope you do enjoy the rest of this conversation All right, continuing our discussion with Mike Wilner, Sportsnet 590, the Blue Jays play-by-play man. Mike, it's it's interesting you brought up the starting rotation briefly last time. Um, the Blue Jays actually got a decent run of form from the starting rotation in in the file. They were fourth in the American League heading into last night's game against Minnesota, where obviously Chase Anderson just decided to wreck all that. Uh, I... Uh, it's it's been tough, but you know after Hyunjin Ryu and Matt Shoemaker had bad starts this season against Boston, they've bounced back and been able to reestablish themselves with three straight great starts. Shoemaker had that eight inning two run outing against Minnesota that was rightly rewarded with a win. He definitely looks like he's coming back. Tanner Roark has been exactly what the Blue Jays have needed just as that stabilizing force, you know, when he's not injuring himself, sliding into second base head first, because why, why would you do that? But I, I wonder just how things are kind of comparing. It's especially on the back end with, with, uh, with Roark and Anderson as the new guys in that rotation. Well, Roark hasn't made it, has has had four starts and he's only made it to the end of the fourth inning once um and that was six inning six shutout innings in a game that i believe they wound up losing but roark has allowed 16 runs on 20 hits in 12 and two-thirds innings so he's been awful uh and chase anderson had a solid start in the last game against the Twins before the Guerrero injury made me do it over again. Uh, And Anderson right now is at 16 runs on 23 hits over 14 innings. So both those guys have ERAs in the double digits. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I think it's actually really interesting how it's turned out. Like um, you, you were saying how Giles has allowed just one hit this season and Gavilio has been, was perfect until that blown save against Minnesota. And I have had completely differing opinions on those two gentlemen so far. And with <laughs> a lot of other people in the Blue Jays bullpen. 
but um no like um like i said it's it's been interesting to see like the um the splits because like like ryu and shoemaker both had terrible games against the red Sox in that opening series like they both were were approaching nine and ryu was above above nine because uh if I pull up his log, he, yeah, he gave up, um, jeez, oh, it was, there we go, gave up seven runs in five and two-thirds innings, and. Well, that's not good. No, three home runs, too, so it's like, oh, no, but then the past three starts, he went five innings against Cincy, six innings against Philly, and then a jam against Kansas City only gave up four hits each time and has has been much better at keeping the ball playable and and keeping his walks down and he he did have a little bit of an oblique issue after that Boston game but he's bounced back very well shoemaker same thing he had that miserable start against Boston where you know, again, it it makes you wonder, like, what did the Blue Jays pay for? Like, what thief are they are they getting back? Because Shoemaker gave up six in four and a third, and that in that one, and then since then he's given up five runs in twenty two innings, which I I will take that, but. Uh, it's interesting because. Um... It's interesting that it makes you think that 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 your mind goes there, uh, <laughs> based on based on a, a simulation that you're doing that um, that you're questioning what the Blue Jays have in Ryu. Um, I wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> I, no, I, I wouldn't at all. But uh, but yeah, but I mean, for me, he's been outstanding. They just haven't scored. I think in his last. Um, Four starts in his four starts, they scored five runs. So, um, you know, you really there's really nothing you can do mm-hmm. about that, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm sure that when um, as you go as you continue with your season, um, Ryu is going to be really, really good. Mm. I, I can say the, the the past three starts have, have done a lot to put my mind in, at ease after that Boston game. At, at least we can confirm Chase Anderson has been bad across all spectrums. Yeah, which, I mean, for me is weird because he was solid last year. He, you know, left-handed hitters couldn't touch him at all. Mm. And uh, he gave a bunch of homers to righties. But but he was he was solid. And I, and I I think that that he'll be... If there's a you know if if he plays ever for the Blue Jays, I think he'll be fine. But I'm I'm uh, not impressed with how just dreadful he's been for me. Yeah, like he's he was the exact opposite of Ryu and Shoemaker. He started so well by blanking the Yankees over seven innings, and then since then he's given up eighteen runs in thirteen and two thirds, and that. That game against Minnesota last night, he wasn't fooling anyone. But, like, every single hitter in that lineup, even without Donaldson and Kepler, was just lasered in on whatever he was throwing and just knocking it for singles and doubles. And 
I don't know. I, I, um, I don't know if... I'm, I'm guessing since you have 2019 cards, you don't have access to Nate Pearson either. But nope. he's looking very, very tempting. If, uh, if Chase continues this path that he's going down. But, um, I, I will say it, it is a lot that, um, Chase Anderson's struggles have allowed Danny Salazar to come to the front and assert himself as a key long man for this Blue Jays team. And, and I, I don't know what kind of experience you had with Salazar back when he was pitching in, in Cleveland, but, um, I, uh, when I put it out to the fan base who who of any free agents they wanted to sign and um, Brendan Panikar was the one who said sign Salazar, put him in the bullpen and make him the swing man and he has done very well in that role, he'll come out, give like two and two and two thirds or um, went three and a third scoreless in last night's game he's he's really helped like at least put some innings together when Chase Anderson has faltered yeah, Yamaguchi has been my guy um, for that, and I'm I'm just using a comparable because obviously there's no Yamaguchi card, but I'm using Jason Adams' card from last year because mm-hmm. I feel like that's the the year that Adam had is sort of similar to what we sort of think that Yamaguchi might be in his first year um, in North America. So he's been my long guy. Salazar was just very frustrating to watch from a Blue Jays perspective because he's, I mean, he's electric. He's got everything that you need. And um, he would have been a very, very nice, um, he would have been a very, very nice free free agent piece for the Blue Jays to have added for sure. Mm. Well, I guess I I see he's been been stabilizing back there just because, when, when your supposed top three relievers all have ERAs above ten, <laughs> it you look for something to grasp onto. And and Wilmer Font at a buck fifty ERA is nice, but it just doesn't really cut it when you're you're looking at um, Rafael Delis at eleven fifty seven, Anthony Bassett at ten thirty eight, and then Ken Giles. Like you said, he had given up one hit all season and yep. I, I got so so jealous because uh he has uh um, my apologies i know i know you don't you don't mean to hurt me but ken giles is doing that for you just um just he's he's made um he's made six appearances so far this season and he's given up runs in three of those appearances. All all three, he didn't last the inning. And that that game against Minnesota on Monday, where he comes out like Thomas Pannone started the inning, and he's he's no longer with the team. He has been optioned to Buffalo. Brian Moran is up in his place, and he he threw a scoreless inning last night, so that's fine. Um, but Pannone gives up the home run to Adrianza. And then it's like, okay, get Giles working. He only threw nine pitches the day before. He should be fine to go. But both times when Giles has come out on back-to-back outings, he's just been blown up. And I know 
I know last year that was a concern with Giles just because of the injury issues that, that kept him essentially from being traded. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you, where you, you know, you get frustrated when you're just watching the game and, and you see that happen, but knowing you put Giles in there and then seeing that happen, it's just like you want to throw your hat on the ground. I love how invested you are in this. I think that's awesome. I I need it. I need it, Mike. I need it in my life. I know. I think we all do, which is one of the reasons that so many of us are doing it. <laughs> but yeah, I've um, I I I've been. That's been my main focus this week is trying to figure out how I can get the bullpen to be a cohesive unit. Like like after Chase Anderson blew up, it was great. It. Danny Salazar allowed one walk. That was the only base runner after Chase Anderson left the game. So it has the potential to be good. But it's just not not getting anything out of the back end. And um, the Blue Jays did make a move today uh, to address that in my game. They they officially announced they claimed Craig, Sta- Craig Stammen off waivers from San Diego. So Stammen is expected to be in the bullpen when they go to Tampa Bay. And, you know, at 36, he becomes the oldest guy on the team by like four years. So I'm kind of hoping there's a Darren Oliver effect or something like that in the back end where he just kind of settles things down and like tells the guys to chill. And I, I know we were, we were talking about that before, about how, um, He's the guy that you thought the Blue Jays could really use or, and would go after. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, a good veteran getting guys to chill uh, would be helpful. And, and Craig Stammen is, a, is very much an older guy um, and has had real success hmm. uh, at some points. And, um, you know, they, I think they figured to gamble on a Miller, a Cole, there's somebody else I'm forgetting. Um, um, on minor, on minor league deals. James Dykstra's down there. Um, no, 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 no. Like a, an established big leaguer who they, they brought in on a minor league deal. I thought there were three of them. Zipchinsky? I could be wrong. No, he was later three righties. Well, maybe it was just a on the Romano bounce back. Are you um, thinking of Jake Petrichka? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Trying. I'm trying to find him, but I know maybe I think I think I might just be making it up. Um, uh, but um, so they didn't want to. They didn't feel like they needed to lay out big league cash. Um, no, I, I to will, get Stammen. I will say so, Stammen uh, was not cheap. He is he's on a four million dollar a year deal. Right. So, um, so they, they, they really liked AJ Cole. Um, they gave Miller a shot. They thought Romano might turn into something. Um, and so they, they don't want to spend the big league money on, on, uh, Stamen, but you know, why not? If you're struggling in the bullpen and he's available out there, uh, and you're not getting what you need, then sure, throw a little cash at the problem. It's not it's not your money. No. <laughs> that is very true. 
We'll be right back with the thrilling conclusion to our interview with Sportsnet 590's Mike Wilner. But just a reminder that this episode of Lockdown Blue Jays is brought to you by Postmates. Whether you're craving a breakfast burrito at 10 a.m. or you want someone to go to the liquor store at 3 p.m. or you're just looking for some takeout food from your favorite restaurant, Postmates is there for you. They will deliver food from whatever restaurant you want and can get food from right to your door. They will deliver groceries to your door. I use them so I didn't have to go out and get peanut sauce today because I totally forgot to do so on Monday. But Postmates was there. I just downloaded the app on my phone. I entered the stores that I wanted and Postmates delivered it to my door within the hour. It's that easy. You just download it on your phone. And right now, if you do that, Postmates will give you $100 of free delivery credit for your first week. You just enter the code locked on into that app on your phone and Postmates gives you that hundo right to your account and you can use it for anything. If you want some gum, you can use Postmates to get it. So that's code locked on for $100 of free delivery credit when you download that Postmates app. So remember, anything you need, anytime you need it, just Postmate it. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I will say Romano's been the only real injury issue for the Blue Jays. He um, he picked up a blister on the on his first appearance of the season and hasn't been seen since. So it's an, it's an Aaron Sanchez-level blister, apparently. Uh, I guess so. But, yeah, he um he actually got moved to the sixty day to make room for um for Brian Moran's contract. So when he's he's back and ready to go, I don't know. But obviously it would be nice to have him him back there instead of, you know, having to having to hope Stammon still has more than enough in the tank after was like it's gotta be like four straight seasons of seventy games or more from from Stammon, I believe. Okay, no, we'll 60, 73, and then 76 last three seasons. So he's, he's hopefully still got that rubber arm, but that. Well, but also, you know, you're going to get a turnaround from Giles. Um, Gavilio should be good. I mean, he was just, he was, he's been so good ever since they moved him to the bullpen. Um, I, I think things will, things will get better from that perspective for your group. I I hope so. The only the only thing I was disappointed in is I I didn't have the room for Stammen. So I had to option Sean Reed Foley back down and he'd thrown three perfect innings in the bullpen since being recalled. Not that's not something that that uh, <laughs> I would have I thought you were going to say that's not realistic. And not something I would have expected and it's definitely not something I would have uh, worried about optioning down Sean Reed Foley, but um, but again, he's got he's got all those skills that the uh, makes the make the scouts drool, right? So mm. so you would think that maybe he would be uh, pretty solid in this game. Um, in real life, it hasn't quite worked out that way, but 
that doesn't mean that that it won't. He's still pretty young too. Mm. And and I know last time you were on, we talked about that too. Potentially starting to shift like Wagaspak and and guys like Sean Reed Foley into the bullpen as the starting pitchers come up, and that that is something that. As I've been looking through the Blue Jays minor leagues, that is something that's already, you know, starting to take hold. Guys like like John Harris and Andrew Sopko are getting squeezed out just because, like, there's no room in the rotation. So it's it's been interesting to try and play around with that and figure out, like, who's go- who's going to have the mentality necessary to be able to go to the pen as opposed to guys who you know, are built for the long haul and, and are better off as starters. Yeah. And that, but that's something that, that, uh, is always, um, something that a front office has to think about and consider and where are you going to put guys? And you're right. There's a real squeeze. We were talking about it a lot in spring training and, you know, we weren't even sure that Sean Reed Foley was going to be able to be in the Buffalo rotation. And the blue Jays were, uh, insistent on keeping him as a starter since we've mentioned him. And we mm. thought he might have to start in double A because of the depth of starting pitching that was not going to be available, um, that there just wasn't going to be room for in the major leagues. So guys are going to get squeezed out and guys are going to have to be moved to the bullpen or moved out of the organization. And maybe at some point there'll be a package of a few good young pitchers who who you know aren't aren't able to break through maybe to get them some help for now who mm. knows i i can say buffalo has started six and one so far this season um and sean, excellent yeah sean reed foley is not in that rotation right now it is pearson soy k barucky and Wagaspak. um and yeah, see that, and that sounds like what their rotation will look like um, for the next. Well, what it would have looked like at least for the next month hmm. until Pearson would have come up. Yeah, and I, um, I will say, I, I did make a minor league signing without fan consultation, and Uh-oh. no, it's it's worked out very well so far. Um, Eduardo Jimenez is currently the Buffalo closer. He's currently in Arizona's organization, but he had a he had a call up with Detroit last year, and he is perfect in three innings so far. So excellent! <laughs> someone, good someone job giving be... the people in Buffalo something to cheer about. <laughs> Got to do something for him, right? I mean, we'll we'll see if this start holds up, but. So far, so far, it's um, it's it's looked decent down there at least. So there's there's hope for the Bison's fans at Coca Cola Field. It's tough for you to find a guy who I've never heard of, but well done. <laughs> I um I can't take a lot of credit. I didn't hear hear of him either. Of course, I I wasn't really paying attention to Detroit last season, but um seemed like a guy who still had some potential. So figured i would give him a shot um as we're um as we're nearing the end of this uh mike like like i said i we both seem to be in similar spots with this team um and i know no part of that is the schedule i mean 
the Royals are the worst team that I've played. And in, in my simulation, they're still eight and 10. One game, um, they're actually one game above the Astros, which that, uh, that's been a collapse that's fun to watch. But, Good. Um, Good, those dirty, dirty cheaters. <laughs> exactly. They, they just lost George Springer for six weeks, too. So, um, but yeah, it, it's been a remarkably tough schedule, actually, for the Blue Jays. And, and you look at it, um, they have the three game series with Tampa coming up in, in Tampa. Then they go to Fenway to face the Red Sox. Brief respite when they face the Orioles for the first time, which I'm kind of looking forward to that because no matter what simulation you run, Baltimore is bad. Yes. Um, but it's the end of a three-city road trip, so they're going to be a little bit tuckered out. True, true. But but um, Baltimore currently has Ismael Rogers in their rotation. Oh, wow. So, is he even in organized baseball right now? I don't think so. I like um they they had an injury issues too, Alex Cobb just went on the DL. So now they're using like they've got Hunter Harvey in their starting rotation and Dean Dean Kremer, who I've never heard of. He was in he was in double A Bowie most of last season. So it's it's even harder times than we thought in Baltimore. Well it's good to see Uncle S Mill back in the big leagues at least. <laughs> I I wouldn't give him that much credit. He's 0-3 with a 657 ERA. But still, he's back in the big leagues. Yeah, he ma- he made it back. He's been to Korea and Mexico and back, and now he's in Baltimore. Um, but yeah, given given they have that nine game road trip, and then Boston comes right back to end the month. Do you, do you see the Blue Jays at 500? I mean. No, but you never know, right? The way things are going, uh, certainly not. But this isn't, for me anyway, it's not a team that is this bad offensively. That, uh, um, that you know, watching in that last game against the Twins that I played, I think Alex Avila was catching for them, and he mm-hmm. got on base four times, and he basically has the same... Um, is the same guy against righties as Biggio is. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, why is this happening? But Kevin is struggling so much, it feels like, even though I'd mentioned earlier he's he's coming around. It still doesn't feel like it. Um, I think that I've been in a run of some poor batted ball luck, if you will. Mm. Um, there there have been like a lot of times it feels like where the dice have not come up the blue jays way like you roll something that's that's you roll a 212 and it's a strikeout where 211 would have been a home run or um you know in one of those one of the last few games teoscar hernandez was up um with the bases loaded and the blue jays were down by one and he the result was a deep drive which means it's a a fly ball and depending on the hitter's power and the size of the ballpark and the way the wind is blowing that day you have an x percentage chance of having it be a home run and i think for teoscar 
there was an 82% chance that it would be a home run. All I had to do was roll those two 10-sided dice, be like 18 or more, and I rolled a one. So, you know, that's the difference between a win and a loss right there, and it feels like that has happened a whole lot. So, um, you know, it's possible that it, it could it could change. It's it's very unlikely to well, what would they have to do uh, on a nine game road trip, right? To go mm-hmm. from seven and twelve to five hundred to be fourteen and fourteen. So it's it's highly unlikely that you're going to go seven and two on a nine game road trip, especially yeah. against two teams that finished ahead of you in the standings last year. Yeah. But it's not it's not impossible. It's just unlikely. I would suggest that in my um, in in my replay, I would not be looking at them getting back to five hundred until close to Victoria Day, if mm. if even then. Well, yeah, I mean the May schedule obviously with Baltimore on the docket ten times in May, and then you you factor in the Rangers and the the scuffling Astros, and it just feels yeah, really but they're good. not scuffling for me. It's, it feels really good to say scuffling Astros. Just, just we'll tingles. see where they wind up by the time uh, your Blue Jays come around <laughs> to face them. That's true. How scuffling they are by then. That's true. Springer might be back by then, but I, I, um, I look forward to keep doing it, keeping doing it, as I'm, I'm sure you are as well, Mike. I mean, like we said, this is this is helping keep the sane, right? I mean, I don't know. From your perspective, it seems like it's sending you the other way. But, um, but, uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's helping feed that, um, you know, that need for competition and the need for watching sports, um, for having something like that. So I, uh, yeah, it would be it. It's, it's something that, that I think a lot of people need. You know, I've been watching yeah. cooking competition shows just to have that. Um, so uh, it, it, it does, it, it helps keep things sort of normal in mm. a, a time where nothing is normal. Mm. That That is very true. And like, I, you know, I've, I've seen the, seen people start to like cross-reference sims just to see the alternate universes and you know that that also kind of makes it makes it more real because you realize just how many people are in this like 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 they're all in these different different worlds but at the end we still want to see baseball in some form right and i i think that's that's a very powerful unifying force in in this time when we do all have to be unified yeah, I, I think that's very true, and I hope it's I hope it's helping. I hope it's providing the appropriate distraction for people. I hope that uh, that people are getting into it and um, and enjoying it, mm. and just taking their minds off the uh, the the everything else that is not good in in uh, the way life is right now. Exactly, and you know, if Chase Anderson wants to stop giving up ten runs in a game, that might help. But well, you got to get him out of there sooner. I mean, that's I just, on you. I I had Salazar warming up, but I had to wait until he was ready. And in that time, he gave up four more runs. 
So. Uh, well, then Dan, Danny Salazar has got to get be able to get ready sooner. <laughs> He's adjusting. He's adjusting to that reliever life. But yeah, no, it was it was just like anxiously looking at the screen. Like, is he ready? No, single. Dang it. Is he ready? No, double. Dang it. Just, you know. Just... You got to you got to learn to stall better. <laughs> what can I, know, I tell you? I know. I needed I needed that ability to 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 gibby waddle out to the mound or something just to just to buy some time but. yeah you need to you need to get your inner joe tory working her <laughs> joe girardi these he are, was the best at it these are the things you learn as as you enter that that managing spot for the for the first time and um mike i I look forward to continuing this journey as I, as I'm sure you are as well. And I'd love to be able to do this again to, to check in and hopefully I'll be more sane. <laughs> hopefully Ken Giles will settle down and stop giving me heart attacks. And, you know, we can, we can have another, another conversation a little later on and, and maybe even talk about, you know, if things settle down, the potential for actual baseball to come back. That would be something. Uh, I'm hopeful, but obviously, you know, it can't come at the expense of anything that actually matters in life. Mm. But uh, but I am hopeful. Yeah, me too. I am that that hope is is, I think, keeping a lot of people going. So um, I'm glad you were able to come on and and share this time with me and, and hopefully give the fans a nice distraction in addition to the distractions we're providing. Um. Can you can you tell the people what you're working on in this time? I know you've got the uh, the Blue Jays pregames for their broadcasts that you're doing. Yeah, I've got. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know when you're going to post this, but if it's on on Thursday, then we'll have um, uh, I'll have a pregame tonight, starting at seven o'clock Eastern, for before we do the rebroadcast of Game Four. Of the 2015 American League Division Series, uh, the one that sent it back to Toronto for that amazing Game 5. Mm. Um, I'll be talking, I'm, I'm still trying to work on a Blue Jays guest, uh, but I'll definitely be talking to Arden Zwelling, who covered that series with us for Sportsnet. And I'm going to have Paul Lee on the show, which is very That's exciting nice. to me. Paul Lee, the star of Kim's Convenience, who is a, a big-time Blue Jays fan. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, and I'm working on, I've got a bunch of messages out to a bunch of different people who were on the team, on the coaching staff that year. And hopefully we will get a yes from somebody, maybe even Kevin Pillar, um, <laughs> with this two-day-old. Um, but we'll see. And then tomorrow, uh, the pregame show before Game 5, will be, um, that'll start around 7.30 after in conversation with Ron McLean. But uh, I'll have Joe Siddle on tomorrow um, because, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that moment in the seventh inning of Game 5 when Joe almost tore my right arm off in the broadcast. Booth. <laughs> that sounds great. And um, uh, if, you get a, if you get a chance with... Um with Paul Lee, tell, tell him he's, he's been another person that's helping keep the sanity around here. Cause I've just been going back and watch rewatching Kim's. And, All right. I will for sure. And, uh, saw the, um, saw the uh, interview him and Nicole power did on, uh, on the Neptune theater feed. Cause Nicole's from out, uh, 
she's from Newfoundland, but she was in Halifax for a while. So there's some some strong East Coast connections with that show that I appreciate. And just, yeah, will do. <laughs> All right, awesome. And um, just a reminder: if you want to keep tabs on my simulation as Mike's is going on, you can follow me on Twitter at a underscore j underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb like that, but also very necessary sometimes. And if you're not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya, however you get podcasts. You can subscribe to make sure you do not miss an episode when we do things like this because we have that power and we'll probably be doing it again to, uh, to you know, keep, uh, keep, keep the faith going in these times. So, um, Mike, again, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sitting down and talking with me and shoot, shooting the breeze about a bunch of fake baseball. Anytime. Thanks. Awesome. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, now that we're here, tell your smart device, hey, smart device, play Locked On MLB, and you'll get a Locked On MLB episode directly in your ears. So until then, for... My guest, Mike Wilner, and for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. And y'all take care. Bye.